Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode 124, the one-question interview with the pros. And I am your host and the guy who was a busy beaver this weekend. So I actually tricked a couple of helpers into going to my property in Chilton County, south of Birmingham, and doing a little control burn with me this weekend. We burned about six to eight acres of my hunting property there, which consists primarily of pine trees that are, I'd say, 12 to 15 feet tall, and the area that we burned is very thick. The trees are very thick in there. And because of that, there's not very much undergrowth, but there's a lot of low-hanging branches and things like that. And I really wanted to open it up because the trees are small and they're just packed in that area very tightly. So I wanted to open that up and possibly kill some of those trees with a fire, as well as burn some of the fuel on the ground and cook a few bugs and also burn some of the lower branches in those trees as well to open it up some more. So, after watching the weather forecast through the week last week, it looked like Saturday was going to be a good day to burn. The wind was blowing the right direction for my little project that I had planned. The humidity was a little bit lower than what I would have wanted, but the winds were forecast to be perfect, and... I got my burn permit, and we got it knocked out in about four hours, and it turned out extremely nice. I have now been all over that little section of my property, and in the 15 years, roughly, that I have owned it, I have never stepped foot on any of it because it was so thick that I really couldn't even get around in there, and there was no need to get around in there. But now maybe I've got it opened up a little bit and roasted a few bugs, roasted a few seeds, maybe get some green undergrowth to start coming up in there and get some wild turkeys in there as well. That is the goal. And I had to get that goal knocked out because we are six days, nine hours 39 minutes and 16 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. You heard me right. So by the time next week's show posts, 
I will have been in the woods with a shotgun on my shoulder, turkey vest on my back, turkey calls in my mouth, and chasing turkeys two mornings. And I am really excited about it. It has gotten here in a hurry. And speaking of the turkey vest, I bought a new turkey vest this week, and I'm not real sure if I'm going to keep it or not. So I got the Alps Outdoors NWTF turkey vest that has the frame in the back of the vest with the legs on it that you can fold out and don't have to sit against a tree. And I really like the concept of the vest. But there are two things that I am not sure that I'm going to like about the vest now that I've got it. One of them is the fact that with the frame inside the vest, it weighs about 7 pounds. Without the frame in the vest, the vest weighs over 4 pounds. Getting heavier in the turkey woods is not my goal. I want to get lighter in the turkey woods. I would go hunting with no vest except for the fact that now that I've been hunting with one for a bunch of years, I'm kind of addicted to having all of that stuff with me that I think that I need and probably don't. But at least I've got it there with me in case I do. So the second thing that I'm not real crazy about with this vest is that the fabric on the vest looks like it's going to be very hot. And there are days in the Alabama turkey woods when the temperature gets up to 90 degrees and it's sunny. And I don't know that I want to be wearing a vest that's going to be acting a lot like a coat and cooking me while I'm out in the woods chasing birds. So I haven't made my mind up. I got a heck of a deal on the vest. It was on sale on the MidwayUSA.com website. So I may end up keeping it and wearing it on those mid-season hunts when I have a feeling I'll be doing a good bit of sitting on certain days because the vest is very, very comfortable. And I think that I could sit in the woods for a long while wearing that vest. So just trying to decide what to do here. Also this week, I got some camo Danner boots that are eight inches tall, and I'm in the process of wearing those around the house to try to get them broken in. Those are gonna be the boots that I take on my hunting trip to Arizona this year to climb around in the mountains. So. I don't think that I'm going to need my rubber boots that I wear here in Alabama. I don't think that I'm going to be in a lot of swampy area chasing birds in the mountains in Arizona and Utah. So probably no need for those boots, but these smaller hiking style boots I think are going to come in very handy. So, hey, Cameron and I have a great show for you guys this week, but before we get into it, I want to thank ZBran and RadWorkTN for leaving five-star ratings and reviews on iTunes. Back in November, they both left reviews, and ZBran says, five stars, good info, new to podcasts, but this is by far the most turkey hunting information you can find in one place. As a turkey hunter in South Alabama and North Florida, I've been schooled many times. This podcast has given me many new tools for the woods and some insight to peculiar ways of wild turkeys. I'm on episode 47 currently, and I look forward to catching up with current episodes soon. Radwork TN says, Five stars, great podcast, really enjoy the podcast, something new every week to fuel your enthusiasm for pursuing turkeys throughout the year. 
Thank you guys. I greatly appreciate you taking time to leave the reviews. And if any of you guys who are listening have not done so already, please go on over to iTunes and do that. It is much appreciated. Okay, I want to give you guys a little more turkey news as well this week before we get down and dirty with some of the pros. First up, Ute and Mobility Impaired Hunter Special Season in Georgia is March the 18th and 19th. The hunt is open for those hunters under the age of 16 who are accompanied by a hunter over the age of 18 and for those hunters who are mobility impaired. So check www.georgiawildlife.com hunting regulations for all of the details on that hunt and get out there if you're a ute hunter or a mobility impaired hunter and take advantage of this special season that's available to you. Secondly, beginning March the 20th, Indiana ute turkey hunters under the age of 18 may apply by phone or in person for reserved ute turkey hunts during the ute turkey hunt season on April the 22nd and 23rd on certain DNR properties in the state. These hunts limit the number of hunters that are on these properties during that ute weekend and offer increased opportunities by limiting competition and pressure during those hunts. Go to Google and search reserved ute turkey hunts in Indiana. And I, uh, you may not want to search ute turkey hunts. You may want to search reserved youth turkey hunts in Indiana, but you'll figure it out. Okay, number three, Alabama turkey hunters who spend 10 or more days in the woods each spring chasing turkeys are asked to participate in a survey of avid turkey hunters to help provide info for the conservation and management of eastern wild turkeys in the state. For more information about the Avid Turkey Hunter Survey, contact Steve Barnett via email at steve.barnett at dcnr.alabama.gov. That's S-T-E-V-E dot B-A-R-N-E-T-T at D as in department, C as in conservation, N as in natural, and R as in resources, dot Alabama dot gov. Last year, I actually participated in the AVID Turkey Hunter Survey for the state of Alabama, and I'll be doing that again this year. Participating in the survey takes a little bit of time on the part of the participants, but the information that's provided to the state wildlife biologist is priceless. I highly recommend that if you're in Alabama and you're going to hunt for more than 10 days, to please contact Steve Barnett, get added onto the list to participate in the Avid Turkey Hunter Survey, and submit your information about your spring hunt to the state so that they can better plan for the future of our wild turkeys in the state. All right, this week I am bringing you guys the one question interviews that I did with the pros at the NWTF convention in Nashville a few weeks ago. If you remember a couple of weeks ago, I brought you guys the one question interviews that I did with attendees of the show. And I thought that many of those interviews were full of great tips and advice. 
And I think the same thing about these interviews with the pros as well. But I'm going to let you guys be the judge of that. So here are the pros with the one thing, and I will see you guys on the other side. Hey guys, I have stumbled into the Flex Tone booth, and I am standing next to the one and only Eddie Salter, and I have tricked him into doing the one question interview with me today. So, Eddie, can you tell us what the one thing that you learned when you were turkey hunting that took your success level from being kind of at that beginner level to where it is today or close to it? Well, I would say setting up on turkeys, and, and what, when I mean setting up on turkeys, that when I first started hunting turkeys, I thought I used to have to hide. Or, you know, sometimes I've laid down on the ground or got behind a real thick bush and I would pin myself down where I couldn't move my gun. And calling a turkey up wasn't no problem, but killing him after I called him up. Yep. So I've actually learned to trust my camo, to blend in with my natural surroundings, back up with my, uh, my back against a tree, bring the gun up on my knee, and get real comfortable and don't move and just trust my camo. And uh, I, I felt like that probably helped me more than anything. Yeah, that's awesome advice. I think that's something everybody can learn a little bit from. So thank you, Eddie. I appreciate you as always. Yes, sir. Okay, I love Eddie's answer to the one question right there. I really feel like 80% of whether or not a hunt is going to be successful is determined on how we set up on a gobbling turkey. It may be a higher number than that. It may be 90%. So you can take all of your calling, you can take all of your decoys, and you can take all of that stuff and put it in that 10 to 20% level of importance in the whole hunting scenario. How you set up on a turkey and where you set up on a turkey has so much more of an effect on your level of success on a turkey hunt than what most hunters think. In fact, the topic is so important that I'm going to do a whole episode on it sometime very soon. And that was a recommendation for a show topic from Griff Balte. And I think it was a fine recommendation. So we're going to cover that in the not-too-distant future. Okay, here comes another one-question interview. Okay, so I stopped by the Quaker Boy booth here, and I have... A turkey hunting legend with me here, and that's Mr. Ernie Calandrelli, and I've got one question to ask him. So Ernie, can you tell me one thing that elevated your level of success in the turkey woods from kind of that beginner mark to where you're consistently killing turkeys year in, year out? Well, the best thing that I could tell you, my belief is that it's perseverance. I mean, if, if you get on a turkey and he's not coming in and he's not acting right the one day, you got to persevere. You got to get on him. You got to try different tactics. You might want to swing around the other side of him. You might want to try him at a different time of the day or the morning, or if you got on in the afternoon or in the morning, and possibly learn his habits and what he's doing. And, you know, of course, the best place, you know, to kill a turkey is from where he is to where he wants to go and get in between that. But again, persevere. If it doesn't work today, try it again tomorrow. Try something new tomorrow, but stay on them. Keep on them. There's been turkeys that I've hunted 30 days straight, couldn't do anything with them, and all of a sudden, the 31st day, he'd just want to run you right over. Yeah. So, I mean, it just happens. You stay on it. You never give up. You don't get discouraged. You keep on it and keep on trucking. Good deal. 
fantastic advice and I appreciate that very much. Well, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of the show and sell a few more calls. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. We're great people here at the NWTF. Very true. Thank you, Ernie. It's hard to get more basic and more accurate than that little one piece of advice that Ernie gave us. If you give up, you will not kill a turkey. You cannot give up. Tomorrow is the day. Tomorrow is the day that turkey is going to come in to your setup and give you the opportunity to put a tag on him and put him in the freezer. You have to believe that. Otherwise, you're not going to get up tomorrow and you're going to miss that day, that day when he was going to come in. Okay, here comes the next one question interview. Hey guys, I'm over here at the Night in Hell booth and I've got Harold Knight with me and I'm going to ask him the one question for the one question interview and that is, Harold, what is the one thing that you learned when turkey hunting that took you from kind of at that beginner level to where you started killing birds consistently and year in, year out? I'd have to say learning as much about a wild turkey as you possibly can. And I mean by that, what he eats year-round, where he likes to roost, what makes him on this ridge just certain time of year, not a month from now, learn all you can. Uh, learn how many days that old hen sets on the nest. Learn everything you can about a wild turkey, and it will help you be a better turkey hunter, along with a lot of good patience. Good deal. Harold, thank you very much. That's sage advice, and I think that's something that everybody can learn from. And there's so many great resources out there today to be able to learn about a wild turkey, whereas years ago they weren't there. Absolutely. Right now is a perfect time to start turkey hunting. The resource of the wild turkey is all over the United States, lots of them. And uh, you've got lots of videos, and lots of people would love to tell you and show you how to turkey hunt. Yeah. Fantastic, Harold. As always, you're much appreciated. It's hard to kill something when you don't know anything about it. I highly recommend that we all read as much as we can read and learn as much as we can learn about wild turkeys. You can never know enough about them. Reading about them, watching them in videos, watching their behavior, watching their body language will help you tremendously in the woods and will definitely elevate your level of success in the woods as well. Okay, here comes another one question interview. Okay, so after I pinned down the one and only Harold Knight, I have hooked into Chris Parrish over here and, and I've got the one question interview for him. And so Chris, I would love to be able to share with everybody listening to the show, what is one thing that you learned in the turkey woods that elevated your level of success from kind of being at that beginner level to where you're consistently killing birds year in, year out? If I had to put my finger on one thing, it was paying attention and listening to the turkeys and understanding their demeanor as the season progressed from the start to finish. When they're vocal, they're very easy to call. They're giving their locations away. Their minds are set on wanting to be together, and you can do things with them. As it progresses in their breeding cycle, they start getting quieter. Turkeys don't move as much. They're centrally located. You gotta adjust yourself and your tactics and your calling to that. As the season progresses even more and the hens start leaving, more vocal going on. You can get vocal. Turkeys are moving more. You adjust your pattern from there. 
paying attention to how those turkeys are acting through their stages of the breeding cycle is the key to killing turkeys year in and year out no matter where you go. Awesome advice. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of the busy show here to share that with us. I know there's a lot of people that can learn from that. Thank you. There you have it again. So is it important to learn about the animal that you're hunting? Two of the pros seem to think so. If you haven't already read it, buy a copy of Illumination in the Flatwoods by Joe Hutto and read it. Read it multiple times. I have read that book probably seven or eight times, and every time I read it, I pick up something else about the behavior of a wild turkey. A lot of the things in the book are not going to jump out at you. You'll have to really pay attention. It is a great story, and I would probably recommend reading it first time for the story. Reading it the second and the seventh and the twelfth time to learn about the behavior of the wild turkeys. Here is one more one-question interview. So I'm, I'm here at the Primos booth, and I've snagged several of the Primos guys. One of them just happens to have a last name of Primos, and I'm going to ask them all the one question for the one-question interview, and that is, what is one thing that you learned about turkey hunting that elevated your success level from that of being a beginner to where you're year in, year out, consistently killing turkeys? And I'm going to let Jimmy go first since he's got seniority on him. I'm not going to say by age, but that might be true. Well, well, Andy, probably the, the greatest thing I've learned about turkey hunting over the years is, is patience. You know, you get yourself in an area where you know they're turkeys, you know they're there, so the main thing is just get, getting where you are uh, comfortable and where you can sit and, 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 and just be patient. Uh, uh, depending on the season, you know, how, the amount you call, uh, it, it, as the season goes on, I call less and less. Just be patient and wait for something to happen. Now, Wilbur, on the other hand, is the example of no patience. He is the, he is the run and gun type. If he, if he sits for, what, five minutes late, Jordan, and nothing happens, he's up and he's gone. Now, he kills turkeys, yep. but he covers a lot of ground. And I don't know how many turkeys he runs off, but patience. I, I, I think that's the main weapon that a turkey hunter can, can learn and have. Awesome. That is great advice. Jordan, how about you? What do you think? Well, the number one thing that has increased my success in the turkey woods is going with people that know what they're doing. I learn from them. I mean, it's hard to learn if you don't go with somebody that doesn't know what they're doing. That's so. true. So he learned, he hunted with Cuz. He came from North okay. Okay. So he hunted with Cuz a lot. I spent a lot of time in the woods with Cuz and several other guys that are just turkey hunting legends. And that yeah. has helped me over the years. It's greatly, greatly increased how, what I know to do and when to do it and everything about it. That, that's great advice, and I think even people who are getting into the sport, if they'll focus on trying to find a mentor, they can find one. There, there are forums out there. There's so many resources today to be able to find somebody that can help teach you about turkey hunting. A good turkey hunter never quits learning. That's true. No matter how old you get, you're always learning how to hunt. Very true. That's very true. All right, so Lake, what is the one thing for you? I'm going to go uh, with patience, like Jimmy said. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit different angle on it. I think, you know, a lot of people, they, they, you see it, I mean, you see a lot of hunts like that on TV. You'll see, you'll see birds that 
you call to them and they see the turkeys run in instantly and they just then boom and, and it happens sometimes it happens like that and that's great but uh, a lack of patience in that aspect i think has saved a lot of turkeys lives because people especially new hunters will sit down they'll yelp they'll hear a turkey they're answering and then maybe they'll keep answering they hang up or they get quiet for a little while and they think man this ain't working they get up and they try something else when really if they let that you know they, they sit and they learn and they wait and they let the turkey kind of dictate you know what's going on sit in that spot a little bit longer you know maybe maybe that turkey's got hens maybe that turkey's you know just kind of maybe he's an older turkey and he's just taking his time getting there you know and coming in quiet but patience in that aspect it, it really helped me be a lot more successful in the woods that's fantastic advice i used to have a rule after i bumped a lot of turkeys because i'd sit down and think oh, i'm not in a good spot and i'd stand up I used to have a rule that when I sat down on a turkey, I would sit there for one hour and I would not move. But what I've realized as I've gotten older is that I seem to sit down in a lot more ant beds and I have to get up before that hour's up. But I think it's a great rule. I killed a lot of turkeys but, doing that. But another rule to add to that is before you get up, uh, do a crow call, do a, do something loud because a lot of times them turkeys sneak in, they'll be right there with you. You're right. And you don't even know it. So You're right. Awesome, guys. Thank y'all so much. I appreciate that. That was more than I bargained for, so thank well, you. no extra charge. Oh, no fantastic. Charge Good time. deal. Good uh, deal. All right. Well, then how about if I just say, if y'all need some turkey hunting gear, check out Primo's. You will not be disappointed with the quality or the selection. There's that word patience again. I got that a whole lot when I did the interviews with the attendees of the NWTF convention. And now we've got it from a pro and you already know I love the advice of having a mentor. It's one thing to learn from a wild turkey gobbler in the spring woods, but it's another to learn from someone who's been there, done that, and can help you get past those mistakes and get you to where you're having success a lot more quickly. If you know of someone who is experienced in the turkey woods who will take you turkey hunting, you better jump at the opportunity when you get it to go with that person. And if you don't know of someone, get out there and dig around. Get on those forums and dig around and see if you can find someone to take you turkey hunting. Offer to take them on your hunting property. Offer to take them to your turkey honey hole. And you may just be surprised at who takes you up on it. All right, here comes one more interview. Hey guys, I've, I've come into the Zinc and Avian X uh, booth over here and I've pinned Matt Moret down up against the case where all the calls are because he tried to sneak off from me. And I've got the one question for the one question interview. And that question is, Matt, what is the one thing that you learned that elevated your success level in the turkey woods from kind of being at that beginner stage to, you know, where, where you are today? I tell you, I'll be real honest with you, and I'm going to tell you who, who made this statement to me, and I watched it happen, and how I, you know, and I've been turkey hunting for a long time at this point, is, you know, always try perfection and try to sound like a hen every time you go to the woods. Don't just make noise. The more you perfect your turkey calls, the more gobblers you're going to call in. I was hunting with Ray I in New York one day, and we stopped in some state ground turkey gobble way off, way off. This turkey had been yelped to a million times without a doubt. Yeah. And uh, I said, man, we've got to get closer. He goes, uh-uh, watch this. 
And we killed that turkey. It came 500 yards. Because Matt, when you sound like a hen, pressure, whatever, you're telling that turkey what he hears every day. So if it was one thing, it's trusting your calls and always strive to get better, more realistic. With the stuff we have out there today in technology, hen sounds, YouTube, I mean, whatever, there's no reason not to sound like a turkey. Whether it's a friction call, a mouth call, or whatever, do the best you can when you go out there to talk to that turkey in their language. Don't just make noise to make them gobble. Talk to him, and that'll help you. I mean, I guarantee you that'll call more turkeys up. Yeah, that's awesome advice. So you're telling me I don't need to just throw a call in my mouth the day before season and run out in the woods and squawk on it? Well, you, that's up to you. Everybody can go the way they want to. But, you know, with what's available today, we all should get better at our, at our craft. And, 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 you know, when you're out there, if I hear a hen yelping, I want to sound like her. Yeah. Or if I, if I don't sound like her, I want to work on something to make myself sound like her. I mean, when I, every turkey that I set up on, I think about what I'm going to say to them, and it becomes natural, just like us speaking here today. Yeah. Eventually, you learn the language, yeah. and, and it, it definitely brings the odds up more in your favor. Good deal. Matt, I really appreciate the time. I know you guys are crazy busy. It was a great day in here yesterday, and I appreciate you taking a couple of minutes to chat with us. Absolutely, buddy. Have a great spring. All right, you too. Thank you. Practice, 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 practice. Practice your calling. If you don't have two or three turkey calls in your vehicle right now, I have to ask a question of you. What is wrong? Go put some calls in your vehicle. That is the perfect time to practice. And buy a CD that has real hen sounds on it, that has real hen calling on it, and listen to them. Listen to the cadence. Listen to the pitch. Listen to the tone. Duplicate those calls. Get good at it, and you won't regret it. Heck, I don't know how you can regret eating turkey. Okay, here comes another one. Hey, everybody, I'm here with Preston Pittman, and I, there's no need to introduce Preston. He's a, a friend of the show and been on several times, and I am glad to say that I've got him here, and I'm asking him the one question for the one-question interview, and that is, Preston, what is it that you learned about turkey hunting that took your level of success from being at that kind of that beginner stage to where you're consistently killing turkeys year in, year out? Actually, believe it or not, that's probably one of the most easiest questions I've ever been asked. All right. And it's the one thing that most people don't do as outdoorsmen, as sportsmen, as hunters. I pay attention to Mother Nature. All of Mother Nature is talking to you and telling you what is going on. Whenever I hear that crow sound off, that I've been calling to a turkey and he gobbled and it's been 30 minutes and now that crow's 60 yards out there in front of me. That crow is telling me that that turkey's on the way. When I hear that cat squirrel jump up on the side of the tree and start barking at 45 yards right behind that brush pile that I can't see and I ain't heard him gobble in a long time, that squirrel is telling me and blue jays and thrush and quail birds and everything else. So pay attention to everything that you hear in the woods, or as I like to say, see with your ears, and I promise you, you'll put at least one more good gobbler in your bag. Awesome. Preston, thank you again very much. I, I always appreciate your help and your input. What can I add to that that's going to add more value than what you just got out of Preston's mouth? Not much. So I'll just repeat what he said. Pay attention. Oh, yeah, here comes another interview. Hey guys, I'm here with Ray I, and I've got Ray pinned down and ready to ask him the one question for the one question interview. So Ray, 
What is one thing that you learned about turkey hunting that took your success level from being kind of at that beginner level to where you had consistent results kind of year in, year out? That's kind of a loaded question. There's a lot of answers to that. A lot of there's, I don't, there's not really just one thing, but I guess you could say it's just one thing. I learned to diversify and adapt to the situation of turkey hunting, and by saying that, trying to answer this is one question, is I learned to gobbler yelp. I learned how to work on turkey's pecking order and social structure because that little window of opportunity when the hen yelps and the gobbler goes in for the mating is very narrow and sometimes the season doesn't hit during that time period and then hunters are at a loss what to do the gobblers are running and fighting and chasing each other or the seasons uh, it's a late season the gobblers are regrouping and they're not responding to hen calls and hunters don't know what to do once i started gobbler yelping and challenging gobblers i killed more turkeys more consistently all across the country for television outdoor media hunts and for myself and friends by getting away from that i, I don't want to call it old school but Generations of turkey hunters were taught turkey hunting is hen to gobbler calling. And it is, one time a year. In our season in Missouri, they always tried to set the season where the hens were going to the nest and the gobblers would respond to the hens. But it doesn't always hit that way. So I expanded my turkey hunting success, calling and killing more turkeys simply by expanding how I, how I looked at the hunt and how I called the turkeys and got outside that window of just hen calling and learned to gobbler yell. All right, so I lied to you, Ray. My one question is now two questions because I have a follow-up for you. I didn't intentionally lie to you. It just turns out that way because your answer was too good. So what typically are you doing to gobbler yelp? Are you using a box call? Are you using a tube call? How are you making that gobbler yelp? A gobbler yelp, you got to remember one thing before I even get to that. The turkeys have been doing it for a million years. It's nothing new. Right. And I've learned that years ago, trying to kill a gobbler with hens out in the middle of the field. I'll give you an example some 40 years ago. And he wouldn't respond to the hen calls. The hens wouldn't come to the hen call. And a jake came, two jakes came to the edge of the field and, and did a yelp. And he ran down there and whipped them both. And when I saw that and heard that, I did that yelp and he didn't whip me. So <laughs> I learned a gobbler yelp. You lengthen your yelp where a hen's sharp, quick, and snappy. A gobbler yelp, you lengthen your yelp and slow your rhythm down a little, although I've heard gobblers yelp 30 times in a row. You can use a box call, you can use a slate call, you can use a mouth call. Any hunter can do it, it's not difficult. Just lengthen the, 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 the sound of the yelp. Instead of just going, cow, 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 you go, cow, 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 cow. Lengthen the yelp, slow the rhythm down. Trust me, turkeys know what it is. When they hear it, and they come in to whip you, they don't know you got a 12 gauge. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ray. So I'm going to try to trick you into doing a full 45-minute interview with me one day soon. Are you up for it? Sure. Always up for it. Good deal. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you sharing your knowledge with us. Well, I don't know about you, but there's a piece of advice that I've never gotten. I've gobbled at gobblers, and I've had a good bit of success with that. But I have never gobbler yelped at one. But you better believe I've got that tool in my toolbox now, and I will be pulling that out this season. No doubt about it. So Ray's giving you one more thing to do. You've got to practice those hen calls, and now you've got to practice a gobbler yelp. Here comes one more interview. All right, so I'm here with Trent Masterson, and Trent, as you know, is representing the National Trappers Association. He was just on a couple of episodes with me. And so I'm here to ask Trent the one question. 
Are you ready for the one question interview, Trent? All right, so I've lied to a few people and I said it's a one question interview, but I've had follow up questions. So we'll see how it goes. What is one thing that you learned about turkey hunting that elevated your success ratio from kind of being at that beginner level to where you're consistently killing birds year in, year out? Oh, wow, that's a hard question. <laughs> Anytime I'm talking about turkey hunting or doing uh, seminars about turkey hunting, the most important thing to me is woodsmanship and, and understanding the land. I mean, how to set up on a turkey is much more important than your your ability to call, your camouflage, your whatever. If he wants to be where you are and you beat him there, that's probably, I would say, the most important thing. Good deal. Thank you, Trent. I appreciate it. So there's that word woodsmanship again. And, you know, I tend to agree with Trent there. And I'll say it one more time during today's episode. Your woodsmanship, knowing how to set up on that turkey, knowing what's between you and that turkey that you're trying to call in, is 80 to 90% of the success of your hunt. So you might be thinking right now, all right, wait a minute, you said I need to be practicing my calls, that that's important. Well, on that one hunt out of 10, where calling makes the difference, where calling gets a bird across a creek or across a ditch or across a blowdown or across a canyon, yeah, calling is very important on that one hunt. What's more important day in, day out in the turkey woods is knowing that that creek or that ditch or that canyon is there and avoiding it, getting it to where it's not an issue for you and you'll increase your success level in the woods. So really, the one takeaway from today's episode should be, we need to work on all of these things to be better turkey hunters. There is not one thing that will make you a better turkey hunter. There are lots of one things that will make you a better turkey hunter, and we need to work on all of those things. Okay, so did you guys get anything out of these short interviews with those guys that might help you this spring? Whether you did or you didn't, I would love to hear from you. Email me at andy at iamturkeyhunting.com and let me know if you enjoyed the interview and you got something out of it. Now, if you did enjoy it and you did get something out of it, then I've got another episode coming up very soon that I think you are going to really enjoy. I may have gone a little bit crazy and I strapped a microphone onto the Turkey Hunter podcast intern Cameron and I sent him on location to conduct some mini interviews. Not M-A-N-Y interviews, but M-I-N-I interviews with some pros. A lot of the names you'll recognize from being past guests on this show. So keep an eye and ear open for that episode. It will be coming up in the not-too-distant future. And before I let you go this week, you know I'm going to ask you for one favor. So the favor is a little bit different this week than what I normally ask of you. So if you guys would, if you are on Facebook, please go to facebook.com slash Hunting and scroll down on the page until you find the post 
for this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. And in the comment section of that post, I would like for you to tag one of your hunting buddies that's on Facebook. Just one of your hunting buddies. If you want to tag five, that's great, but I'm only asking you to tag one. And for those of you who don't know how to tag someone in Facebook, go to the comments and type in your hunting buddy's name. And when his or her name pops up on the screen, click on it. It will automatically populate that name in the blank. You can click enter or submit and that will tag that person on this episode's post in Facebook and your friend will be notified that you tagged them. Okie dokie. So that's all that I've got for you guys today. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.